Okay, so we're live now, and for those of you who didn't hear, um, you probably didn't get a chance to read this lesson since I only posted it about three minutes ago. So I prayed out for you, uh, four pages. Um, as I'm chatting for folks online, I had to read through that uh, just to get a sense of where I was coming from. My original intent was to go through all 61 lessons or 62 lessons prior to this and capture every statement that you made on the audio, listening to 400 hours of audio, and uh, then anything that we had in the, in the lessons. And I realized that it was for naught. If someone is actually gonna do this study with us after this, uh, sometime in the future, and they're listening online to do that, they're gonna have your audio as they go through it. They're gonna have the study guide as they go through it. So I didn't really uh, see a need to list out absolutely every stinking thing. So I tried to summarize as best I could the highlights that I felt uh, through this deal. And uh, quite frankly, um, I'm hoping we're going to pick up the bottom of page 66 with the, uh, with the red lettering there uh, as soon as we finish our intro here. Uh, after we have a discussion and come to some type of agreement on a, a summary for what about me as a non-Jew, having joined myself to Messiah Yeshua, a Jewish rabbi and uh, Rebbe, if you will. Um, we'll call it a study, turn off our audio, and uh, celebrate the fact that we finished a Bible study that I'm so proud not to have uh, uh, written or, or led or anything like that, but a Bible study that you guys have spent literally over a year coming to. And I'm, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. So I'd, I'd like to celebrate you uh, rather than the study. So uh, when we're done, maybe in about 15, 20, 25 minutes, um, I've got some ginger beers for our non-drinking friends, and I've got some real beers, and they're not Heineken's, uh, for all of you, and I'll, I'll just take the Heinies, and uh, we'll toast uh, a successful Bible study. Uh, and then I'd like us to go out and uh, just sit on my new patio and uh, chit chat while uh, a few of you play bocce ball on the new court. So uh, yes. that's that's where we're at. And uh, I think I've got four fairly strong young men here uh, that spent uh, some sweat equity on that court. So probably let them have first game. So uh, with that, bottom line is that. Uh, through the apostolic scriptures, starting with the Gospels and uh, the words of our Master, and then uh, through the uh, Acts of the Apostles. And I think it's important that we note that it's the Acts of the Apostles, not the thoughts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the Apostles, not the sayings of the Apostles. It's what they did. And what they did was they went to the temple and they made sacrifice. What they did was they were in the temple at all hours of the day and night. And when it was the hour of prayer, as was their habit, they went to the temple. That is a mark of the acts of the apostles. And I think it should be an act of ours. I kind of finished that whole deal with a uh, look at the tradition of the elders. And I tried to put this... In, in simple terms, uh, I was thinking about uh, more of a uh, congregational 
traditional church mentality here. Um, so my, my first table there on, uh, on page 66, the, the tradition the elders would teach um, that a, a Gentile or a non-Jew who wants to convert to Judaism would need to do those four things. He needs to get circumcised. He's passed through the mikvah waters. Why? Because he's about to go into the temple because he's got to make sacrifice and he needs to commit to keeping the Torah. Now, I recognize that he needs to commit at that time in the Master's Day to keep not only the written but the oral Torah. But that's not the point of our study here. The idea was that they needed to keep the Torah. And even if we just bring it down to the written Torah, uh, this is uh, a pledge, a vow that they're making. And as I, as I looked at that, I, I kind of thought that uh, we should make a note that Paul had a big problem with that. I mean, the, the book of Galatians is all about that. If, if you're going to, to believe or be convinced that you can have a place in the world to come because you got circumcised, then you're going to burn in hell without your foreskin is basically how that's going to work because that's not going to do it. There is actually nothing you can do to have a place in the world to come. Would you agree with that? Yes. I was hoping for a quick yes rather than, <laughs> well, gosh, after a year and almost a year and a half, I think I need to think about that for a minute. Yeah, okay. So, I brought out Ephesians and John chapter 4. Uh, to make it clear that it's non-Jews, which is what we're all about in this study. What really is the idea of being circumcised? In, in the Jewish mindset, what, what are you doing by being circumcised? Identity. Identity with? The covenant or the Abraham. Yeah, yeah, right? So you're, in effect, joining yourself physically to Israel. Well, Paul didn't have a problem with that. It's just how you go about doing it, right? If it's some kind of outward thing that you do, well, that's a problem. But of giving your life to Messiah and trusting in the finished work of our Master, that is joining yourself to Israel, whether you realize it or not, because he is the Messiah of Israel. So, I rephrased it on page 67 as joining Israel and her Messiah, and then the rest. But, you know, it's only a matter of time. If you're actually keeping the commandments, which is the last step, then sooner or later you're going to bump into Passover. And if you're keeping the commandments, you're going to realize, whoa, 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 whoa. In that day, well, you're not going to eat the Passover uncircumcised, are you? Well, no. You're not going no. to eat the Passover uncircumcised. <laughs> See, there it is. See, I told you, you're not going to eat the Passover if you're uncircumcised. So, you'll come to the result that you do need to be circumcised. Is that, that's a why would you? You haven't identified yourself with Israel if you're not circumcised, so exactly. why would you be eating the Passover? Exactly. Why would you be and, there? And, I, and I, I love the way the, the scriptures put it. And, and I think... Josh and I were talking about this at dinner with the rites. The idea, well, the command is not for you to be circumcised. Right. It's for that man to circumcise you. Mm -hmm. 
on the eighth day. So you got nothing to do with that command. But as Joshua pointed out to me at the dinner table, until you get older. And then you're sitting in this seat. Yeah. Right? So how could you as a dad look to keep the commandment with your son if you haven't even... And, but God fixes that. So that you never find yourself in this awkward position of wanting to circumcise your son when you haven't been circumcised because once you're a son of the commandments, bar mitzvah, you would recognize that now you're going to eat the Passover. And that can't happen unless you've been circumcised. So I like the way it gently brings you in in case your father didn't take care of that. Um, so, anyway, last last table there and then we can have some discussion. Um, I tried to put in caps there. Um, maybe just a little bit of uh, churchies, if you will. Um, I, I would say committing to follow Messiah, um, both from the master's perspective and from some of our street corner preachers would, would be the word repent. Uh, perhaps because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but you know, maybe not. Um, second, uh, passing through the, the mikvah waters it is, of course, exactly what baptism is. Making a sacrifice in the temple today, of course, we cannot do that. Soon, in inner days, I would hope. But Paul makes it clear in Romans chapter 12 that we're to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service of worship. So, a living sacrifice, and committing to keep his, keep his commandments. You know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then finally, being circumcised would be to identify fully and completely with Israel, with Israel's God, Israel's scriptures, and hopefully with the land of Israel. You see the, I can see the difference, though, in that the first process, the Finnick method, yeah. feels almost like um, here's something I do to yeah. get in. And I don't even really need God for that, quite frankly. That's right. And in fact... We don't even know if God was involved because they might, they'll go across the world according to the master, you know, just to, you know, convert one, one person to Judaism. It, it, it almost sounded to me like it was almost militant, you know. It's like, What's right, that? see, you're questioning that. Do you need it? You need it. You scratch them up. And... But what was interesting was reading through. Um, Take Ruth, your time. Take your time. I'm sorry. In Ruth and Shavuot, um, read some of the Rashi commentary. And the Rashi's commentary on the exchange between Ruth and Naomi at the beginning at the beginning was not like this aggressive, or even the rabbinic style you're talking about. Well, it was, it was more Hamad-like, right? It was, it was, it was. Well, there is the resistance. Right? Little push off. But what's interesting is when he walks through Ruth's comments. Ruth says, "Where you go, I'll go," and so forth. Well, he interprets each one as being applicable to a type of significant mitzvah. So it's like Naomi says, "So you do realize that you can't have any other." idols, right? You know, there's no way you can't join us if you have any idols. And Ruth says, your God will be my God. Yeah. And she says, well, you can't uh, you can't uh, be secluded with a man who's not your husband. You can't be alone with a man who's not your husband. And she says, where you lodge, I will lodge. Okay, well, if you do X, Y, and Z, they'll stone you to death if you're actually part of our people. And she says, where you die, I will die. And so forth. Nice. So that's all of them. Nice. Now, what's fascinating was, so Rashi lists these out, like these little, like, uh, like almost like uh, highlights yeah. from the yeah. Torah, and then he concludes. This is a Naomi cease to talk, and Rashi and like comments there is like this is we should not be too strenuous with a new convert 
And so thinking about what we read in Acts 15, it's exactly what happened. Yeah. They gave them these highlights. They said, you should definitely not, you know, do commit immorality. Don't, don't do idolatry. Don't eat things, sacrifice idols. For goodness sake, don't kill anybody. Yeah. So, and then once that was done, it's like, okay, and then we're going to train slowly. And, and that's really the model that you've got here. Yeah. That you start with that commitment and those initial baby steps of obedience um, that flow out of that commitment, which is different from, here, let me do an action so that God will accept me, and now I'm in. Right. It's more like, here, let me uh, trust God to welcome me to be part of his family, and because of that, I'm going to do these things. Right, I'm motivated because he's accepted me. And then it has to change you. Exactly right, from the inside out. Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir. That, that was exactly what I was thinking, where it's like, you, that moment, let's say, in some cases, it is kind of a a, a very shocking sure, yeah. transformation yeah. where you come it doesn't to, happen for come to repent. Well, yeah. You know, but yeah, it doesn't happen every time. But but even even if you've been growing up in this, there are still moments where all of a sudden, God's love or or your your um, you feel very motivated all of a sudden to make sure yeah. to repent or whatnot. This is just the perfect answer to the question: like, what do I do now? Like, I just repented. I followed the biblical model of repentance. But I feel I, I want to draw closer to God right now. And yeah. these are just such perfect responses to that. It's like, well, then go wash away your old self yeah. and, and yeah. come out of the water new. Mm. You know, yeah. It's like that's such a great response as opposed to, like we were saying, if you do this, then you'll be accepted by God. But it's more like, no, no, I, I just want to do something well, do, right Give now. me something to do. Give me something to do. Mm. And these are beautiful, symbolic Yeah opportunities to be closer to God to demonstrate your your commitment that you feel and hopefully solidify it even more yeah you're reminding me of Peter's wedding where you know for the first time it was like you know dad, dad I want to I want to I want to make the before the wedding yeah his okay Peter. I was trying Sorry, to yeah okay. oh we're yeah and you know we're we're like driving to the park at night, it's freezing. <laughs> and well, it's December. December, and, November, or yeah, December. Yeah. And <laughs> we're stripping down and and I'm like, son, I'm I'm, I'm just gonna be here for support. And he was fine with that. But he wanted to do it. It, it was an action that he wanted to do to demonstrate that his marriage was important. And that cleansing ahead of time was was what he could do mm-hmm. that boy almost died in that water <laughs> that's went, commitment he went down holding on to that raft or that what do you want to call that floating wood thing dock right so he went down and he almost didn't come up when his head came up because he's supposed to say a prayer underneath the water when he came up his lips were already blue and his fingers and hands were shaken and you know, I, I went army on him, you know, and I'm just like, grab the wrist, and I've got this boy, and I'm going to take this boy out of the water. What, you know, if I die, I'm going to take him out of the water. <laughs> Barely got him out. But it reminds me of that. He just wanted to do that because it would show his love for his wife and for his God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I think that um, thinking about, we were talking about this past week about the, the Boaz and thinking about how he was so good at going above and beyond. Yeah. But he did it so much out of 
because that's who he was. He just drew it out of himself. He didn't need, he wasn't being compelled to do that, or he didn't feel like he could, God would love him more or bless him more if he did these things. It yeah. just would float out naturally, and that's that's really the intent. Even so many of the intent of voluntary offerings, that's what God says. He's like, you give if, you give out of your heart. If your heart, yeah, you, overflows. You, as you've been blessed by God, yeah. you should respond in kind. Yeah. And that's really kind of the inspiration here. And I, I thought you, uh, you know, you mentioned in this passage talking about that there's no other standard of living of what that looks like if you want to please God. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that we learned throughout the last year and a half was not only is there not a different standard, but um, you talk about identifying with Israel. I mean, the whole thing is only really makes sense in the box yeah. of the Jewish people. That's right. If you're going to try and practice some kind of biblical faith and yet remove yourself from Israel or stay away from Israel and have anything to do with Israel, then your Messiah is going to have a little problem with that. Mm. You know, there's just a dichotomy that cannot be made. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. And I, I think, uh, to a couple of your points there, finishing up right after Shavuot for me has been just magnificent because... Boaz is such a, a great example there of, you know, ticking off some of the things that we normally don't get to tick off. Then, you know, leaving stuff in the corner of the field, you know, <clears throat> dropping stuff almost deliberately for the poor. How, how many of us are actually, you know, harvesting fields and keeping fucking okay, animals? Okay, you know, that kind of deal. It, it's just surprising that it would, it would end like this, so. Anyway, good. Comments on the beginning of this uh, about, what, did I miss something? Was there some other third-party extra-biblical text that, you know, uh, the Didache or anything like that that we should be reading and memorizing rather than the Torah? Uh, anybody? Anything? I don't mean to be flippant. Like, seriously, if, if there's anything that you saw that I, perhaps I missed or I, I was uh, overzealous in uh, making my comments. Paul kept referencing the traditions that he left with them. But he also described himself as a Pharisee of Pharisees. So I'm thinking that he probably tended to keep the Torah. And his traditions were probably consistent with the traditions of Israel. Mm. Um, I think it's four different communities that he, three or four, he specifically mentions. You know what? You've been following the traditions that I taught you. Keep that up. And follow the, you know, it, it's good, so... Um, concert flat Christianity oftentimes has problems with traditions um, whether they're traditions of men or traditions of a, a community or a society um, what traditions are I think and I'm Italian right traditions are the glue that hold the family together you know? um, yeah. yeah I mean we're going out to play bocce but not by accident guys you know um, so so what are your what are your thoughts? Just random, top of your head, Todd. I, it might not be directly scriptural, but I just think it kind of fits with some of the things you've been talking about. I know when I really came to know the Lord and He was very active in my life. Yeah, I was extremely passionate, and kind of like your story of wanting to go make love before the wedding. Yeah, lots of fasting and praying and praying and praying and knowing that all these miraculous things are in the book of Acts, trying to say, Lord, I want that. I want, yeah. I want 
healing. Right. I want right. all these things. I want to know how to pray for people when they become healed. And, yeah. and uh, I think that there was a time where I said, Lord, I'll even follow you even if I can't get those things. And if I, if my whole life is only just to yes. worship you and that's all. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like life is like that and yeah. and you don't have like sometimes it feels like you don't have a purpose like your purpose is just to be father which is a, an incredible purpose Amen. but but i just think there's a trend in churches right now it's got to be where more. you have to have a ministry yeah. you have to have yeah. gifts and things and yeah. and i've found that the model that i see in scripture is abraham and being a good father or being a good husband husband known, known for hospitality not not mm-hmm. not healing the sick or having hankies drop on the floor that it does happen I, no yeah. question it does happen we've prayed for people that have been healed no so. I, I, I get <laughs> yes. it I'm not denying that at all but the vast majority of the people on the planet and the vast majority of the word of God is dedicated to people who are just regular people here's Cornelius he's a regular guy he's a God fearer He's a Gentile, just like me. He's Italian, just like me. He's an army guy, just like me. And he recognized who the master was, just like me. The only reason you know anything about him is because he had somebody who was sick and he knew the one who could heal him. Not because he was somebody special, he was a regular guy. And I I think the, the... the church today has done a great disservice in making us think that there needs to be some wild mountaintop experiences all the time. Mm-hmm. When the godly men that we love and, and come to respect are those who are the same day in and day out. The guys who you can call on after 20 years and are the same men that you met 20 years ago. Rock solid and able to give you wise counsel. The ones who love their children, the ones like you, who are great fathers, the ones who go to work every day and bust their butts, but are still honest in their dealings. I love you, Dad. Praise <laughs> God. It's the guys who, whose kids are willing to say publicly that they love you. That's, to me, that's. So I think that's what it's all about. God loves the passion, but He has a guide in where to put your energy. Amen. And right. so we can find satisfaction in life. A simple life that is a powerful yeah. simple life. And, and that sometimes has amazing highlights sure. that yeah. you can But that powerful and simple see. life speaks volumes to those outside that life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's that's where the real ministry lies. Because and I think most of us would agree that it wasn't until we got into this type of walk where we were keeping the Torah that people out of the blue would ask us about our faith simply because, you know, what, what is that Jewish macaroni? What's, what's, what are those strings hanging off your belt there? You know, or, I notice you always have your head covered with something. Always. What's up with that? Or um, announcing, so I'm going to be taking Tuesday off for vacation. Yeah. Is that, is that a holiday? Yes, yes it is. It's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those Jewish things. You know, it's one of those biblical things. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. 
Saturday, we can't do it on Saturday, it's Joseph's holy day. Well, actually, that's, that's very kind of, no, no, it's actually God's holy day, and I'm just participating, I'm just a participant here, I'm not the captain of the team. Yeah. What are you going to say? Well, so, to that point, there are times, too, that we don't know that there may be something significant that we just aren't aware of. I remember hearing a really cool story of, uh, so there, long story short, there was some school in Texas that needed some kind of money or some kind of new building or something like that. And there was this very wealthy man who was a Jew and just happened to be traveling around Israel, you know, thought it would be cool to kind of see some stuff. He goes to the Western Wall and he has just the most amazing experience standing next to a rabbi who was praying with like tears streaming down his face big smile you know singing this heartfelt song and it touched him so much that he was he was just like i have to i have to do something i have to respond in some way this, this god that this what? man serves is is so great you know and and this man loves him so much and so because of that guy who was just probably praying shakreed one morning <laughs> he just happened to really really into it this man this wealthy man comes back home he happens to live in texas and he happens to just do a search and finds that there's this jewish school that and he he just out of the blue is like i i want to donate a new building to you guys Boom. and they're like how did you even know we wanted a new building and he's like, i don't know i just need to do something big and he tells that story of just this really impactful moment where, and that guy, that rabbi had, probably has no idea that that ever happened. That's right. And sometimes, I, right. and I use that yeah. to, he my, was to myself, to he was faithful to pray. And sometimes we're faithful to give zedakah or to be hospitable in some way. And we just have no idea what, how God will maybe use that. Because that's not the point. We do it because we love God. And because he says to. And sometimes we find out that there was a blessing that resulted from that. But other times... We don't. And sometimes it won't be until we're on the other side. Right. You know what the bottom line is? At least for the guys sitting on my couch, God has not called us to be obscenely wealthy to the point where, you know, we can give someone a Maserati and not even notice it. That's not what he's called us to. He's called us to a day in, day out, go to work, come back from work, and be the salt and the light in the earth. That's it. And you know, that's okay. Because every guy in this room is a Gentile. And if I learned anything from this study, it's that I should be amazingly grateful that as a Gentile, I can be counted amongst the people that are working and doing His will on this planet. And I have a relationship with the Creator of the universe. Because that couldn't happen without my Messiah. And it couldn't happen except for the great love with which he loved us in that while we were yet sinners, far off, strangers to the covenants. Ephesians 2 is a great book. I mean, you just need to, you just need to grab that whole thing up. He chose us. I mean, that's breathtaking to me. So, good. Other comments on that? We good? Yeah? And remarkably enough, this good job of teaching his disciples that they decided that, you know what, we're going to let the Gentiles in too. And the other thing is, the thing we get so caught up in an appropriate way 
and realizing that our faith is completely dependent on a Jewish Messiah. Yeah. But I don't know that we necessarily recognize Jewish apostles. What for the Jews who followed our Jewish Messiah? Yeah. We do not know him. I mean, Paul yeah. is the one, and and, and you know, he's embraced by Peter and James and others yeah. to go and teach Gentiles. Yeah. No one else is doing that. That's true. That's true. And 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 really, the fact that they that they preached at Shavuot again another great reference and literally tens of thousands of people came to Messiah and unless you're reading with the with the kind of eyes that we just went through this with you you, you kind of miss the point that every one of them were Jewish. Everybody they preached to who was there for Shavuot were devout, orthodox, believing Jews. Not non-Jews. Not Gentiles. That, if you want to call it the beginning of, quote-unquote, the church, it was a Jewish body. It was all Jewish. Mm-hmm. So, that's, uh, that's an amazing thing. And then, yeah, to, to see that Peter would deal with the whole Cornelius vision and come back and argue it in front of the council. And then Paul, after three years in Arabia, just studying alone, would come back and recognize, wow, I get it now. I get the whole Messiah and that he is the Messiah and quickly recognizes that these Jews don't want to hear it. I need to go to the Gentiles. And he was, and Paul was, as we've read throughout Acts, was beaten and imprisoned over and over and over again. Specifically because... He taught the Gentiles. That's right. If he'd been willing to let the Gentiles go and just be, you know, it's what, not you're right, worth it. Holy, you're right. Then, then really, he didn't have a whole lot of opposition outside of that. But it was his his desire to, as the people, well, his desire to fulfill his mission that Yeshua had given him to preach the Gentiles. And I think so. Yeah. We owe an uh, unpayable debt to these men, um, in addition, obviously, to our Jewish Messiah. Amen. The book of Hebrews uh, in chapter 11 says that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And, you know, it, it only mentions people from the Tanakh, no one from the Apostolic Scriptures, but that be it as it may, Paul surely, Shaul, is one of those witnesses just watching that what we will do. To answer, that is a great segue into one of the things I was going to say for the third question here, mm-hmm. how has this study changed your walk yeah um it, it that is a, a i have a renewed and deepened appreciation for the apostolic scriptures and their applicability to us yeah and their brilliance mm-hmm. i mean it is this has been an unbelievable study and and an amazing opportunity to dive deeper than i've ever it dove into yeah. the apostolic scriptures before and i'm coming out of it thinking man this we are just so privileged to have these scriptures preserved for us to have these translations to so where we can read yeah. and understand them and that you know in these these books we have such amazing illuminations and revelations on stuff that would have been really hard to come to the conclusions on our own yeah, I, throughout I, Tanakh you, you bring up a good point um, surely you can be saved and understand Yeshua is the Messiah without the Apostolic Scriptures Tens of thousands of Jews did that on the day of right. Shavuot some 2,000 years ago. 
but they were Jews. And they were observant Jews. That's why they were there. Because they were commanded to be there. So observant Jews picked up on the, the quick sermon from Peter. Bam. But for non-Jews? For Gentiles? Yes. That's a little difficult. I don't care what your background is. Whether you're a strong Presbyterian, amazing Baptist, sitting in the back Methodist, whatever it may be, it's, that's tough. But those apostolic scriptures bring so much to life and tie so much of that together. And you know, we've seen over the, the years time, you know, wait, wait, wait. That you didn't make that up. That's that's a quote from the prophets. Mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. That's in the Torah. Yeah, but it, it helps, you know, instead of trying to tie in, you know, six prophetic references, Paul just says Yeshua is the risen Savior. And you're like, all right, wow. okay. well, thank you so that. much yeah. for all of your study Boom. that went into that statement. But I really appreciate you boiling it down for me. <laughs> That's good. It is a life-changing study, and I feel the same way. What about you? Well, it's the same thing I think I told you we were about halfway through. Yes, yeah. The, the scriptures come alive in a completely different manner when you're reading it with the eyes of the authors who wrote it. Yeah. The, with their context and their background. And shedding a lot of the things that we learned, uh, the, the meanings we were taught, the interpretations we were we were taught in, when we were sitting in pews, and and reading it and understanding it from the the Jewish context within which it was written, yeah. just creates a whole different meaning and understanding of what's written and how it applies to me living today. Amen. Just it really does. Yeah. I, I've, I've tried to encapsulate or summarize that comment uh, a couple of times, and it's visceral. I'm, I'm reading the, the scriptures, the Epistle scriptures, and it, it's, a, it's a visceral, emotional, I get it type of understanding mm -hmm. that I don't, I don't feel like I had before. I, I almost feel like my understanding of the, of the Epistle scriptures was, 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 was a head knowledge, and uh, you know, a theological treatise that I could tell you about. And, and now I, I feel like I own it and I'm, I'm closer to the, to the guys who wrote it. Oh. And I'm feeling this. This guy, wait a second. This, I know where he's coming. This guy argued yeah. my point right. to the point where they got so mad at him, they picked up stones and stoned him to death. And he got up and went back into the city. <laughs> Are you kidding? That, wow. So yeah, um, that's, that's great. Yeah, anything else? Well, if there's anything for me, um, I have one regret, and that is that I wasn't here from the very beginning of this lesson. I if the audio is online. Right. But um, it just amazes me, not, not just from the scriptural point, but um, sitting around this group of men, just the um, genuine um, zeal you guys have. And seeing that walked out mm. has been just as impactful as the scripture in it. Um, That's very kind. Thank you. Well, certainly. Um, but it's just, it's Gentiles who are pushing me to be more Jewish. Mm. 
And um, I've always been very passionate about this. Uh, I can say everything I learned has been new to me. I, I've been walking this out quite a sure. while. Yeah. But finding a group of men who have the same passion and drive and genuinely walk it out has been the capital key for me here. Praise God. And I mean, you guys, uh, I've got a very strong um, Jewish Messianic congregation that you guys put to shame. Oh. Because they teach me that as a Gentile, we don't have to do mm-hmm. all that we're doing. We don't even do everything. Because thanks be to yeah. Yeshua. Right. So, and I try to push them to be more like them, and you guys push me also to be Praise more. Praise God. You know. oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. good kind of... Anything else? All right. I, get, I think... I think it's probably the longest study I've ever put together. I think it's probably close to the longest study I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm ready for a break. So, um, let's take a break. Do you want to pray for us? Have you been practicing? If you haven't been practicing, pray <laughs> something. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us all together different parts of being in this group and being in this study. It has been a very good study. Thank you, Lord. Bless this evening and fellowship together in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.